Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is our special guest, Christy Murdoch. She is a realtor, a content writer, consultant, coach, and owner of Writing Real Estate. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. We're super excited to have you on, and we are going to um, talk about something that as Christy and I were chatting before we started recording, we both think it is fun and interesting and cool and different, so we hope you all will feel the same. But before we get started with today's show, Christy, I have to ask our question that we have all of the guests who join me on the podcast answer, which is, since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? <laughs> this is so corny, I guess, but I I love the view from my deck. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I've been a lot of places and I've seen a lot of sites and I just, there's a peacefulness and just, uh, I'm one of these people that's like, I'm going to have peace at all costs. And I love to go outside and sit on my deck and watch the dogs play in the backyard and vibe and have my own little piece of the world. That's the view for me. There, you know, there's a reason why they call it home sweet home because they think yeah. it's, you know, it, it yes. is. It's like, it is. It, and I feel very much the same. There's just nothing better, something about just being in your own home, happy, relaxed. And yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things you go out of town and you spend the whole time being like, when can I get home? Yes. <laughs> just, yes. I get place and yeah yeah your little corner of the world <laughs> i i totally get it so i think that's that's a great answer and a beautiful view i'm sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay so i want to hear a little bit about you tell us a little bit about what you do and um how you got started in the real estate industry thank you i actually i started out in journalism and then moved into teaching i taught english for almost two decades. And then uh, I was in Northern Virginia where everybody has their real estate license, whether they want to or not, you know, and <laughs> my good friend and I had gotten our real estate license. We were just doing a little real estate on the side. And I found that so there's so much writing in real estate and nobody tells you that before you go into it. And for me, it was really easy, you know, uh, to write property descriptions or to write a website, a bio, any of that. I had that skill set, but I thought, what do people do who don't have that? So I started doing some copywriting on the side and it turned into a business. And we're five or six years down the road and it's doing very well. And I do a lot of writing around real estate. I do a lot of writing for real estate agents, companies, brokerages, affiliated industries, a lot of writing for Inman reminder media companies like that it's incredible there's just a lot of content around the space and uh, so i you know i write property descriptions bios blog posts books <laughs> all of that because there's just so much to say about the industry 
and for people in the industry. You're right. That's something that I don't think is really um, maybe like that well known is how much writing goes into real estate. You're right. I mean, so much between contracts and, and like you said, property descriptions. I mean, there is just so much and you might not realize that when you think of the job as a realtor, that might not be the first thing or one of those skills that you think about when you think about, you know, what it means to be a realtor. So we are going to talk about today how to handle a scandal. Christy wrote this fantastic article um, on Inman, which is how I found her and reached out to her and said, we got to talk about this on the podcast and and we are going to break it down. But there was um, a YouTube scandal that recently happened And there was some damage control that happened after kind of the scandal broke out that wasn't necessarily maybe the best. And there are a lot of lessons to learn um, based off of this example that I think is really important to talk about when we think about the real estate industry and so many of our realtors having their own business is what happens when a scandal comes up. And we all like to think that it's never going to happen and it might not, you know, but it's always good to be prepared. And um, we're going to talk about today how to be prepared and how to make ourselves ready if a situation arises that needs our attention and, and how to do that in the best way. So Christy gave some really great tips and advice and insights into what we can learn from this particular incident, which we're going to talk about. So I want to hear about the scandal. And you break it down so wonderfully in the Inman um, article. But Tell us what happened with this YouTube um, scandal, this YouTube famous personality. What happened in his life and, and kind of how did that all go down? To sort of set the stage, the group is called the Try Guys. They started out at BuzzFeed and then they went out on their own and they sort of were unusual in that they were able to take their intellectual property with them. And when they went out and started their own big channel, they did very well because they got to keep their name and they got to keep their branding and everything, you know, millions of followers. So one of their members, Ned Fulmer, had what he, I think, called it, and I don't have it in front of me, I should, a consensual workplace relationship, I think is how he put it. But it was, you know, he's one of the founders. And this consensual workplace relationship was with somebody who worked for him one of his direct reports. And so that's a, uh, an issue. I mean, you know, and, and so he was in a position of authority over her. So he was dismissed from the company in accordance with what we are given to understand, because let me say, this is such a study in contrast. They have been, as a group and as a company, so incredibly transparent about their process and about all of the steps they went through. They, you know, sat down with attorneys, with HR people, and really talked about what they did to lay out this process of exactly how this was all going to be handled. They dismissed him. They let him know that they were going to dismiss him very quickly I must say my absolute favorite part of this whole thing is they sent him the statement that they were going to release on Instagram, which he then copied the look of it, the font, (laughs) so that it would look like his statement was coordinated with theirs. That's, to me, the funniest part. But his statement could not be more different. 
their statement is so well put together, so smart, so measured, so definitive. His statement is so sketchy. <laughs> he sort of talks around the issue so completely. It's just very poorly put together. And he, he knew well ahead of this. This is not a matter of, we think of a YouTuber and an influencer, and we think of maybe an 18-year-old kid. This is a Yale-educated, grown man who knew this was going to happen, who had every resource, who has plenty of money to, I mean, this is a, a, a business that makes millions every month. I mean, this is a very, very successful company that they're running. So he had access to expertise and he did not apparently avail himself of any of it in crafting this statement. So communication is just everything in a situation like this. And he, it's, it's really the tale of two sets of communication. Yeah. How they, how they answered for this. Yeah. This, this news. And there's so much to kind of learn from, from the breakdown of it. And I did just pull up his, his statement. So he said, family should have always been my priority, but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. I am sorry for any pain that my actions may have caused to the guys and the fans, but most of all to Ariel, which I'm assuming is his wife. The only thing that matters right now is my marriage and my children. And that's where I'm going to focus my attention. So we're going to break down kind of what's wrong with that. But let's talk, let's, I'm going to read off um, the statement from the Try Guys um, Instagram account. Ned Fulmer is no longer working with the Try Guys. As a result of thorough internal review, we do not see a path forward together. We thank you for your support as we navigate this change. <laughs> okay, so let's break down the Ned statement. So what is wrong with the statement that, that Ned posted? And you talked a little bit in the article about some of the language that, that he used, words such as may and might and some of that suggested um, language that he used. What is so wrong with that? And where, where did he go wrong in using those types of words? Let's set up, first of all, who he set himself up as. He was the wife guy. That was his whole personality. Always, you know, of course, when you're dealing with a personality type group like this, you know, there's the funny one, the cute one, the whatever. He was the wife guy. He was the one whose whole personality was his family values type of thing. He released a cookbook with his wife last year that was the date night cookbook. And they did a series of videos about, you know, making recipes together because they love each other so much and they just, you know, this is what they do. And then, of course, when all this hit, it came out that he was having affairs this whole time. If nothing else, I mean, it's not just the fact that he was having a relationship. It's the fact that this undermines his whole shtick that he was doing. So then to say family should have been my priority, but I lost focus. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> were you white knuckling it the whole time? Like, yeah, you, you, you just sort of kind of forgot and straight. I mean, that was, that was such a strange way to start. But then I'm sorry for any pain that my actions may have caused. And then to say that it may have caused to the guys, 
and the fans. And that's where you go first instead of to your wife and, and your family. I mean, aside from, you know, we can kind of, you know, talk about this in a business sense and we can talk about it in the communication sense. His wife read that. His kids are going to read that someday. That's so sad. It's just a very careless type of way of addressing something so serious. And also to talk about this as a consensual workplace relationship, when you're the owner of the company or the part owner of the company and you're in a position of authority over somebody, that's a very different thing. And they had policies and on their channel, and I have two <laughs> to uh, Gen Z children. So this is, you know, so I'm, I'm very familiar with their channel. They talk about these kinds of issues on their channel. They talk about how power is used. They, their employees are figures on their channel. Their wives are figures on their channel. Their, their fans are very familiar with all of these people. To talk about it in this way is, is a very strange way to talk about it. It's not how it's not serious. It just doesn't sound serious. It doesn't sound like somebody admitting to or even aware of the seriousness of the accusations at all. In the language kind of that that you say like have issue with is the any in May. This this like what? <laughs> just in case you guys have a problem with it, just in case this seems a little weird. I guess I'll apologize, you know. It's sort of like he's not sure if there's a problem, but just in case, he'll apologize. It's not like a grown-up way of talking about things. And I think that's the big contrast. Yeah, and it, it's just there's like a lack of accountability there. And it almost just doesn't make him come off as self-aware or even, you know, understanding kind of what this situation has done to other people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I think if, again, if, if you were talking about an 18 year old YouTuber, then you, you would say, well, you know, he doesn't get it. This is a grown up, educated person who should know better. So it's, it's a, it's a strange kind of thing. And I, and I think that there is something there for people to you know be aware of just the tone when you're communicating things especially things that are serious there is that tendency to dismiss and if you're in a position <laughs> where something has happened and and understand he already has known by the time he releases this statement he has already known for weeks all about to happen there is no going back from it he already has the statement from the company saying that, you know, he's been fired. So what's the point now of pretending like you don't understand the seriousness of it? At this point, your job is to kind of rehabilitate your image. This isn't going to do that. It almost feels like denial. He's pretending that he doesn't know what's happening. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training 
that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. As you get on to the article, you kind of give some suggestions on what a statement could possibly say that maybe would would be a little better, come off a little a little better. What are some of the ways we could rephrase the statement and really make it more impactful and more of um, an accountability piece if we are ever faced with a situation like this? Well, my suggestion in the article was start with the family. And it's so funny because he says, you know, my focus should have been on my family. This statement's focus should have been on his family. His whole career has been supposedly about his family. So make the statement about the family. I don't want to talk about my job. I don't want to talk about anything except my family because that's who, I, who I've heard. Make the statement about it and, and take responsibility. That to me would be a grown-up way to address it. It would be for people who feel, and this has been a big part of the discussion, why do people feel hurt over this or feel affected that they have- Affected by it, right? Yeah. Affected by it, Yeah. Well, I think you have to think about who are the people who were who they were designed to appeal to. They were designed really to appeal to a demographic of sort of Gen Z and young millennials, primarily, I would say, girls. So you're talking about a lot of young women whose whole idea of what marriage is and dating is came from watching this YouTube channel. When he got married, when he had kids and paraded his kids around and had his, bought his first house and his wife went through her pregnancies and everything, that was all used as content on their channel. If that was good enough to use to make money on the channel, then that is also something that you should be taking seriously now in terms of the way that you address that. And so to pretend like all of that, like nobody should have been sad about that, uh, well, that's a little disingenuous, you know. Yeah, I think that the statement should have been very much more focused on the family, much more focused on his culpability. And in, in really just leading with, you know, the truth and leading with how you are going to not fix this, but what you are going, what steps you're taking to maybe right the ship. And is that kind of what you think if any of our listeners are, are faced with the situation, you know, that, that they need to prepare a statement for? Is that kind of what you would, some of the things you would include, you know, in a statement like that? Or what is kind of the best way to make a proper statement in the midst of a scandal? I think that you can look at the contrast with the Try Guys statement. I think theirs was so good. And let's just look at, look at theirs because they really hit the nail on the head. Theirs was very different. It's very straightforward. And then they followed it up with, and I think this is so important, and we've been talking about this a lot in you know, different groups since then, they followed it up with content that 
really is transparent. They did a video where they again reiterated what the process had been. And then they did an episode of their podcast where they walked through what the entire, it had been basically a month. They had found out on Labor Day weekend and they basically had a month before they found out everything was coming out. So they just walked through what that process was like and who was in charge of things, how it all unfolded. Transparency is number one, have a process in place and be transparent about what that process looks like. And then number two is have platforms. There are so many people who still dismiss the idea of having a podcast or having a video channel or having a blog or being active on social media. Well, man, this is why you want to have those platforms because when something happens, you want to have a voice and you want to have followers (laughs) and you want to be able to tell a story to some people. It's so fascinating to me that the Try Guys, they still have their platform. I think that you see that within the world of the Try Guys, several of them developed their own individual platforms. I don't think Ned really did. I think he was a little lazy with having an individual platform. And so they are the ones that have a narrative. He doesn't have a narrative. (laughs) So I would say as an agent, don't depend on your brokerage. You have a platform so that if something happens, you have a way that you can tell your own story. As a brokerage, don't depend on maybe your franchise. You have your own platform so that your franchise has theirs, but you have yours. Everybody needs to have their own platform because everybody has their own story. So I think that that's really, really important. That's a big thing I see. Everybody needs their voice. Everybody needs a place for their voice. And is there a way that we can be more prepared to handle crisis or if scandal arises? Is there a way that we can be more better prepared, uh, maybe with some of the tips and and stuff we talked about today and and having those platforms and communication channels prepared, ready to be used in case they're needed? But how can we be better prepared to handle a situation if something like this comes up? I think being realistic and having policies in place. I think that there's a tendency to, and it's cute, It's so cute, but there's a tendency to sort of think, we're just one big happy family. We're never going to have, nobody's ever going to do anything bad here. We all know each other. You know, these guys had been working together for almost a decade and they thought, oh, we all know each other. We all trust each other. We started a business together. Well, that's really cute, but you really honestly don't know what goes on behind closed doors and people can surprise you even in your family, <laughs> even, you know, even in your place of work. I think have those policies in place. Sit down with an HR attorney or an HR specialist and just say, what do we need to have in a document, like a living document that says, this is our policy in the event of this, 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 and this. That way you never have to ask questions, really. You can just say, okay, we've got something in place that says this is what's going to happen. 
And then once you know something has happened, then it's about being clear. This is what our policy is. This is how we're going to communicate it. And don't waste time with, well, we're going to pretend it didn't happen. We're going to go into denial mode. We're going to, you know, yes, you're going to have feelings about it. Yes, you're going to be sad about it. Yes, it's going to break your heart, but you don't really have time for that right now. You got to deal with the reality first and then grieve over it later. (laughs) Get your, you know, business together, get your statement together, work with PR, work with whoever, communicate clearly in the moment, then do your grieving later. And when you're caught up in the rush of the emotions and the, and being in the moments and all this is happening so quickly, it's easy to just kind of go off of that. But letting that kind of go to the side and focusing on getting your clear, concise, transparent statement out. It's probably most yes. important, right? Yeah. And if you've got a policy and you've got a good communications team helping you, then you don't have to worry about acting from those emotions. You can let those things guide you. That way you don't make those mistakes because you've, you've already got something in place so that when the emotions hit, they don't lead you astray. Yeah. And I love what you said too about, you know, we kind of always think that maybe this will never happen to me or like, I will never have to deal with something like this. And everyone around me is so great and so wonderful. And like, there's never going to be any issues. And I think there's no better time than right now, if you're listening to this and you don't have a crisis plan in place, a crisis communications plan or anything like that in place, it is important, right? (laughs) So important. It is. And even when it's not a scandal, even when it's somebody gets sick, or something, we just don't like to think about something sad happens or something, you know, we don't like to think about those things, but you just need to be able to plan for these eventualities because things do happen that are unexpected, not necessarily scandalous. Yeah. (laughs) And then kind of just one more thing I want to end on before we wrap it up. What is the biggest takeaway that, that you see from this situation that we've explained into how kind of we can apply that in our day-to-day real estate? If there was one biggest takeaway, what do you think it would be? I think the biggest takeaway is if you think that you are getting away with things, <laughs> you're not. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a camera. When this came out, it came out because people were saying, look at the elbow of that sweater in that video that that person got edited out. Look at that person in the background of that video on Reddit. The evidence was so crazy. I mean, talk about deep diving what people were finding (laughs) and putting together. Like every teenage girl in this country should be like on the FBI. Like they were figuring things out. It was incredible. And I was getting... I was getting texts from my daughter at seven in the morning saying, there's this and there's this and there's this. And it was like, what am I looking at? People figure things out now because nothing is secret. And so the question is not if, but when are you going to get caught? People who conduct themselves in these ways, things do come out. Everybody sees everything now. There's cameras everywhere, right? (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere. 
everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. It's a trip. So. No, no, that's so, so true. Be ready. No. Get your get your PR team ready. Yeah, yeah. Get your crisis <laughs> communication plan and and don't be out here, you know, causing reasons for people to have to issue statements, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or if you do have a statement, have a good statement. Have a good statement. Be be transparent and clear, concise, and acknowledge um, kind of what what's happening. I think is so important and comes off to a better response. And I know um, most recently, I don't know if you followed any of the Boston Celtics stuff that was going on, but they kind of dealt with a similar thing with their coach was found in a relationship with the staff member of of their team there and in the Celtics and um, similar, very similar situation. So here's two examples now that we're seeing of, of things like this coming up. So just something to be aware about and something that I wanted to discuss on this podcast episode today, just because I do think it's such an important thing that everyone has a plan in place to deal with a crisis, a scandal, a non-crisis scandal, if anything happens, like you mentioned, we always, always want to be prepared and, and take those steps to make sure we can handle the damage control to the best that we can. So Chrissy, thanks so much for joining me today and for sharing a little bit about this scandal and what um, we can do to better prepare in the future. It was so great having you on. It was great to be here. Thanks so much. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.